You're listening to Skyhawk After Dark Welcome to the Hanky Panky Podcast with your host, Coraline Jewell, a number one international best-selling author, director, porn star, swing club owner, and lifestyle coach. We'll delve into all topics related to the adult industry. Everything from porn, panty selling, custom orders, webcamming, swinging, BDSM community, polyamorous lifestyle, and more. Intrigued? Curious? Coraline is an open book and will share her experiences and knowledge in the world of sex. Let's welcome your host, Coraline Jewell. Welcome back, you guys, to another episode of the Hanky Panky Podcast, hosted by myself, Coraline Jewell. It's been a while since I've done some interviews because I was in Exotica uh, last week in Chicago, and so getting organized for that. And then this week I was playing catch-up. So we are back with another exciting guest. But before we get started on letting you guys know who I have on the show today, just a shout out to Skyhawk After Dark Radio for having us on their network. We are now also on Full Swap Radio, and we just got picked up by 97 FM adult station radio station. So there's a lot going on with that. And then as for sponsors, we just got picked up by Zimba. It's a teeth whitening company. And also, you guys, if you guys go to my website, soon you're going to be able to uh, click on the link. It's Hama, H-A-M-M-A dot com. And that is a new adult toy that we are also working with. So again, top right hand corner, you want to just make sure that you go and Take a look at our sponsors and see what we have going on. All right, let's get started. So as you guys know, my podcast is all about no judgment. Yes, I know I moved. One of my guests said, or one of my listeners says you move too much. It's fucking hot in here. Okay, so we like to talk about, um, you know, no judgment and, you know, breaking the misconceptions about the adult industry, the swinger lifestyle, BDSM world, polyamory, all these kind of things. And so about... I think it was like about two weeks ago, I was on a Zoom call because I was talking with, uh, I was doing a kind of an interview or, you know, um, where we were talking about going to Exotica and what we were going to do at Exotica and what exciting things were going to happen there. And over in the corner of the Zoom was this adorable man who I would like to introduce you guys to because I'm sitting there and I'm just, I'm listening to the Zoom, but I'm looking at him and I'm going, I am curious. Who is he and what can I learn from this one? So you guys, without further ado, please welcome Eric Monty as my next guest. Hi, darling. How are you? Hello, Eric. Thanks to curl on fine. I can't believe the compliments you gave me. You're so cute. No, it's true. And everybody's going, okay, well, what, what was Eric doing on the Zoom call in the corner, right? So you guys, Eric, darling, is a, you were in the adult industry for 10 years back 16. in- 16 years, so 1983 to 99. Wow. Okay. So, you guys, this is why I'm sitting in the Zoom and I'm looking over this little adorable man in the corner. And he's telling us in the Zoom meeting, he's telling us all about different experiences when he was in the industry and, you know, him and I talk later on and we're going to get into all of that. But I thought that he would be a perfect guest to bring on the show and share with you guys. your, your experiences, Eric, you're going to share that with us. And you're, we're going to talk about, you know, even, you know, to this day, 
you were telling me the other day about stories of people still judging from your involvement yeah. in the adult industry. So we're going to get started. Let's start with where were you, where were you from? Where were you originally born? I'm born and raised in Philadelphia, South Philadelphia, which is a heavily Italian-American community, kind of like Brooklyn, you know. Okay. Born, they live here and they die here. Were your uh, parents Italian? Or is that your nationality? Yeah, or what's... Yes, my grandparents are from Italy. Oh, Sicily. very so cool. Okay, so grandparents are from Sicily. You're raised in Philadelphia. Were you raised by both parents or did they um, divorce? No, but both my parents are married, Catholic family, you know, Roman Catholic. Okay, wow. <laughs> um, any brothers or sisters? Uh, one brother who's deceased, another brother who I really don't see, but he's kind of disabled at this stage of the game. Okay, you know, so growing up in Philadelphia, uh, Catholic family, give me a little bit of your background on your upbringing. Um, what was your childhood like? Were your parents good? Were they strict? Where, where were we on all of that? My father was very good. My mother was somewhat, I mean, she was an attractive woman. She was nice, but she kind of favored my older brother. And I, I never felt I got enough attention. From mom? Mom, from mom, yeah. Okay. And, then, and, and then what about, what about I'm dad? I'm sorry, but what dad, about dad? Dad was a good man. He was a very good man. Had a hot temper, you know, which is common with Italian Americans. Yeah, common with Italian family. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so um, so let's go into so growing up, your parents were they were strict. Mom was not so. Mom would use you when you say not a lot of tension. Mom wasn't a, like a cuddler. Mom didn't hug and ha not really, right? She okay. favored my older brother really a lot, which caused a lot of problems and stuff like that. And I felt very insecure and I felt very inadequate, which then showed itself in my later years with women. You know, I was very kind of insecure. She never gave me the you know affirmation of. Interesting. Okay, so I want to get to that. That's a psychology. That's a psychology side of all this. Um, so you get in. So now you're you graduate high school, right? Yeah, uh, what what did you want to do when you were growing up? What did you say I want to be when I grow up? That was the problem. What I wanted to do, and my father was a product of the Great Depression era. He wanted me to get a job where there was security. And he had me. He had me designated to be a school teacher. But I wanted to get into things like writing and acting. I wanted to go into show business. I really. You say, you're going to starve. You're going to starve. Become a teacher. You got security, you know? So I had no choice, Carlin. I went to college. I went to St. Joseph's College, graduated, did my postgrad work in Villanova, got my degree, and I taught school. I taught junior high school for like seven years. Wow. Okay. That's so cool. Okay. So seven years teaching high school. Now, did you ever get married or have children? No. Never got married, never had kids. No, I, I just was very insecure with them. I got turned down to, to my prom, and girls used to turn me down a lot, especially the South Philly girls. They said, like, they're big guys, Italian guys with the gold around their neck. And I was this scrawny guy, 128 pounds, you know, very insecure and very, very needy, Carlin, very needy. But then you became a porn star. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, as soon as we're done like with religion. The, and the response from a lot of the girls was the response. Can you hear me? Okay. Of course I can. I'll t yeah. You guys, if I ever lose him, because we have that connection, I just go like that. So nope, I can hear you. The girls later on at what the fast forward was, you gotta be kidding me. Uh, and my real name was Richard, but Eric, they, Richard and adult, you gotta be kidding me. Like they were, I was the last guy that they thought would ever get into adult films. You know, because I was this very insecure guy, you know, that just, you know, Okay. Got, so, so I want, <laughs> oh, okay. I, I don't want to jump ahead because I want to get there. Just don't <laughs> let me forget. I want to ask this. Don't answer it now. But I want to know once you did get into the porn industry, okay, I'm going to take a guess that now some woman that maybe didn't want you in the past were kind of now throwing themselves at you. Am I right? 
Well, they gave me more attention. How's that? Okay. <laughs> okay, this is interesting. Okay, no so let's go back for a second. Okay, so now we are teaching high school for seven, or junior high seven years, okay? My question is, at what point in your life did you decide, um, or where was it, you know, that you decided, okay, I'm done teaching, and I'm going to pursue this, and how did you get into the industry? Okay, it was, I, uh, after seven years, I, I was supposed to get a sabbatical after 10, but I had some political pull, and they gave me my sabbatical after seven. Okay. So I had a year off with half pay, and I went out to California and New York, and I met Ronnie. Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. I'm trying to think. Who's Ronnie? I met I met Ronnie, Ron Jeremy. Oh, see, God, I'm clueless. And Ronnie thought Ronnie thought I had money because I was staying at the Hyatt on Sunset. And, okay. And he he said to me, um, well, before that, I was doing a, an article for a newspaper on a porn set, and I met Joanna Storm. Okay. And she gave me Ronnie's number, phone number. And okay. I called him like three times before I connected. And then I said, well, I'm going out to California to meet a friend of mine. He goes, well, I'll be out there as well. I met him out in California, took Ronnie to a steak dinner. When you take him out to dinner, Ronnie, it's a big thing. And he says, Rich, you want to get into the films? I'm directing my first one come April. It was April of 83. And I said, yeah, you know, he, he knew. He knew that a lot of guys wanted to do it, but couldn't perform. So in my very first scene, I was supposed to be an actor that couldn't get it up. That, and he had Jerry Butler in the background just in case. Okay. I was and I did, it did, had no problems. <laughs> and I walked there and that was my first one. It was a real cheap, low budget film. And then that was just April of 83. And okay, just, so. I, I don't mind this at all. I like acting. I like the sex and the girls are pretty. Huh. So, okay. Now I have to back up for a second. How did you get involved in writing that are like, because now you, okay, you, you, you get, you get a year of pay. But you're done teaching. You're going to go out to California. I mean, and you wanted to do acting and stuff, but now you're writing for an article. I mean, who the hell said, like, how did you randomly get a woman well, to agree okay. to, like, introduce I, you to I was Jeremy? Writing, I was writing, um, I used to write comedy and screenplay, but then there was this guy in Philly, this is before the computer, the computer and the, the internet, he used to write reviews of massage parlors and stuff, and he told me he wanted me to write a review. He says, oh. could, you, could you write a review of a porn of adult set? Because I have people, you know, he got me on this set with Chuck Vincent. Just to write an article for his magazine. So it was, it was, okay. it was, it was um, Chuck Vincent's, um, uh, one of his movies, early movies, you know, and um, that's when I met Joanna Storm during the break. Everything had a full right, Carl. So it was yeah. during the break. He was sleeping, you know, and it was called Puss in Boots. And she was in it. And then she got up and she says, do you get much work? And I says, not really. She was, let me give you, you know, Ronnie's number. And I, she gave me a phone number. And, that, that, and, and that's had that how it happened. happened. Yeah, it okay. was like so would you say so now that would have been 19 you said 83 right 1983 that was, in, that was in 83 that was in 82 but i didn't break into 83 so that was in the it was i remember it was a world series game when well, that was in the fall of 82 <laughs> okay. it was a very serendipitous thing you know that i then that i called ronnie like five or six times before i connected then when i did connect he says i told him i was going out to california to meet a college friend he says well i'll be out there too we had the dinner together. They asked me if I wanted to be in a movie, and I figured, why And not? that's when you did it. Um, now, would you say the majority of your career, did you stay in California, or were you involved with going back to New York where there was the 42nd Street and all that kind of stuff? And, and, yeah, and I, I did, since I lived in Philly, I used to only just go out to New York, L.A. on occasion, but I would take the train in, to New York and hang out at the, it was the place, the little place below. Um, little. Um, is it the uh, Plato's Retreat? The, the no, it was a no. little cafe, you know. Uh, all the guys used to hang out there. I forget um, the name. Oh, you have to tell me because I don't know about it. I don't think. Yeah, uh, uh, they'll know back when the, when the group. So let's go. I would, I would hang out there, and um, and then um, once you're in one film or video. Wait, wait, 
Okay, you guys, right now he's frozen, but he's going to have to repeat everything. Okay, so keep talking. Let's see. No. So we've lost him for just a second, but he'll be right back. It just takes a minute. See, no connection. Okay, so I lost you uh, when you had said um, uh, that you, what did you say? You went back to... To uh, you went back to Philadelphia, and you were talking about the guys hanging out with the guys, and where you guys yeah, were hanging out with the guys. But I was when I was in the set to shoot with Ronnie, he was directing the, the, my very first. There was another producer from another, you know. Just... Oh no! Why am I losing him now? Nope. Darn it! He'll be back. I know. We knew this going in because of where he is. There's no internet connection. Sometimes you guys, it goes in and out. So we're gonna just wait a couple minutes. This is very interesting. He knows I can't hear him. This is why my favorite. Yeah, okay, now okay. I can hear Yeah, now I can hear you again. So um, you said there was another gentleman on set. Yeah, he was a producer. And they, they see that you can perform. That's very important. I, I can't stress that enough, that you can get it up. You know, girls can fake it and all that stuff. And he said to me, look, I'm shooting in a month. Can I have your number? He took my number. And then I worked for Ron Dorfman in 84 in Good Girl, Bad Girl. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I, I was shot on film. The 35 million was a movie. played in theaters. Okay. And then I, some other things. And then... One thing led to another, and then I just started to getting calls, you know? I mean, people, I had a certain, like, a look about me, like, kind of an innocent boyish kind of... You did. Night. You really did. Oh, I should have put you up in the screen. You guys go Google Eric, M-O-N-T-I. Because you, dude, you had a very sweet, innocent, young look about you. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. How old? Yeah. Because you got in... How old were you when you got into the industry? I, like I was. It was, it was like, I was like 30, in my 30s. Yeah, you don't look like you're in your 30s. You could have been 19. Yeah, yeah that's why you did. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Um, okay, so I want to ask you a little bit. We're going to go into like some of the cool stuff about being on set, but I want to ask you a little bit about, um, did you ever work with a director? His name was Joel M. Reed, and he was in New York, and uh, he was doing porn, and then he went over to like porn and horror combined. Do you know who he is? He worked with, no. with Dorfman. That's why I asked. Okay, no. no. I didn't know him at all. Okay, would you say, um, did you get the opportunity to experience, or did you ever, like, see, I don't know if I say experience, but did you see the influence of, like, the mafia when you were in New York? Did you ever experience, because I've heard some stories after Exotica. Well, I, knew they, I knew they were there, being Italian-American, Sicilian, stuff like that. I knew they were there. Okay. So... But I also being a Italian American and stuff like you know you, you you were taught when you're growing up not to ask many questions you know got it okay so no questions and then did you ever go down to they talk about it was like a swingers place called Plato's Retreat on Forty Second Street I think no, it was no I didn't I really didn't you know really yeah I never did can I okay. can I add one thing Carlin real quick before Please. I got into adult films I I did some nude modeling at an all girls art school in Philadelphia and that's when I realized that I could do it and I was having problems not getting erections because. I wasn't yet, you know, the miles were gay. I was straight and all these young girls were there. And the one girl in the elevator said to me going down, you should get into adult films. Oh, no ways. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Okay. Oh, shit. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go watch your movies. That's so bad. I'm going to go watch them. Yeah, so that was it about New York. It was, uh, you know. Okay, so now here's my question for you. Okay, so um, um, from a lot of interviews that I've done with some adult performers, you know, that were back um, – you know, in the 80s, 70s, 80s, um, they talk about the influence of drugs, a lot of drugs, alcohol, uh, you know, uh, free love, that free spirit going like about that play doesn't cheat. What about you? Something tells me you didn't go down that road. Exactly. You know, I, I went to college. I was a college guy. Um, 
I do all these things. I never smoked, not even a cigarette. I never smoked a pot in my life. I never did a drug. I don't drink. I don't smoke. My only huh. weakness is beautiful women. <laughs> I used to tell people that. Oh, my gosh. But I, is... I was a straight shooter. I used to go to church on Sundays. No really? ways. Wait, yes. wait. <laughs> oh, my God. Hold on. <clears throat> Excuse me. You guys almost choked there. You would go to, you said you would shoot your adult content videos during the week and then church on Sunday. I was a good Italian Catholic boy. I just freaking fell in love with you. Oh, my God. Oh, you're so freaking cute. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. Give me one of your experiences where you walked on set, like, you know, and you were just like either, oh, my God, or after the shoot or the scene, you were like, oh, my God. Like, there's something crazy that shocked you. Um, when I went on the one set, I remember there was this one girl who I really thought was attractive angel, and she was giving a guy head under a table. Okay. <laughs> I said, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, oh, that really. was, so you, like, walked in on set and that was going on yeah, right there? Yeah, that was what I saw. Oh. And, and, and the other thing that baffled me at Corland baffled me was I used to get it up real easy when some of these guys were having problems, you know, get, and, and the director would say, come on. And that was amazing because I always had, you know, I, I would always be ready when, you know, as soon as I took my clothes off. Drop of kind a, of you know? And you know that saying, they say a drop of a hat or drop of a pin, right? You're ready to go. But you know what? Maybe that's because you said if growing up in high school and stuff, you were kind of deprived, right? Like women didn't want to date I was you. a virgin. I was a virgin until I was 22. Okay, let's go there. I was, oh my God. Now this would have made a story. You were a virgin until you lost your virginity on set shooting your first porn. No, now that no. would have been good. No, two, no, about a month before, a friend of mine was an attorney and he got me hooked up with this really, because he thought I was, this high line escort and she kind of liked me she thought i was cute and stuff and she thought it was a hot thing to break my virginity you know okay so you thought you taught high you taught junior high and then you lost your virginity at 22 to an escort and then okay so let's go there what what how much experience sexually did you have before you shot that first movie with ron jeremy that was it a few of these these you know professional i never had sex with a, a I mean, I just couldn't even get dates. I'm being honest with you. Really? I, mean, I really, the girls are just so, can we be just friends? You know, that was a typical South Florida response. I don't need any more friends. I wanted a girl to hug and to kiss and to Oh, Aww, honey, I'm going to come on an airplane. You can hug and kiss me all day long. You're so cute. <laughs> Wish I could. <laughs> oh, I'll be there soon enough. How far is Philadelphia from New Jersey? I don't Not know. Not that far. Do it part. So I'll, I'll meet you halfway. <laughs> you might be coming to Exotica with us. <laughs> that would be so fun. You know, Herschel Savage came and uh, Kelly yeah, Richards. Like, okay, did you ever work on set with Herschel? Um, let's go down that one. I want to know if you ever worked with Herschel, Kelly Richards, and um, Sean Elliott. I had the opportunity to meet him last yeah, week. No, I was on set. The only people I was on set that you might know, I did some scenes with Kelly Nichols and uh, Nina Hartley and, uh, you know, Julie Ashton. Okay. Sarah Barrington and Tajira and people like that. But I never worked with, I was on the set with like Tom Byron and stuff. I saw him on set and Joey. Joey, I became very good friends with Joey Severa because he was very big into sports like me. What about uh, Peter North? Did you ever shoot? Were you ever on set with I, Peter North? I was in a team with was three couples and uh, Gale Force's triple X rated workout. You have, you have to send you the link to that one. It's, oh yes, uh, please do, please do. Yeah, I, I was with I, I was, in with, was I was in a scene with three couples. He was with the Gale Force, and I was with Nikki Knights. And uh, I'll, I'll send you a link afterward. And he, so it was three couples. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, so how you did about if I you did about fifty two scenes, give or take, right? Fifty two films. No, I did more than that. That oh. I, it was very very under. Um, you know, it computer. does. It always puts you under. Yes. Yeah. So you you I did you, close to hundred, Carl, and I did close to hundred. You're a busy man. There's not a lot for all the years because I was always doing other stuff, writing, and I was teaching screenwriting, you know, and stuff like that. But I mean, when, when the opportunity came, and then near the very end, I never forget. Veronica Hart gave me a call because she remembered me from New York, and she needed somebody to be like a businessman in New Way Focus and, and have a scene with Julie Ashton. She was a Playboy centerfold, you know, Julie <sighs> Ashton. So I had a yes. scene with her. Okay. And, uh, Tracy Tracy Adams had a scene with her, and I kind of cracked her up because during the break, she kept saying I was so cerebral, I reminded her of Woody Allen, you know. Oh yeah, you do kind of. Um, okay, I have two questions now. One, oh no, I lost you for a second. Oh man, hold on, you guys, he'll be right back. Okay, wait, nope, nope, he doesn't see me. Nope, oh, oh, wait, gotta wait. Are you there? Are you back? Okay, now you're back. Okay, okay. We were talking and, about Woody and, Allen. And the scene with Tracy Adams was shot in, in, in out in Hollywood. In the hills in a beautiful home in a hot tub. And I have to play a really shy guy in, in, a, in a fantasy scene, like a virtual reality. So I just, you know, I have acting background. I have method acting three years. Okay. So I got this thing and I kept saying, well, this is like a dream. One of my, my therapists calls it a wish fulfillment. Tracy, I'm during the break. She kept cracking up, you know, because, you know, she would put her finger in my mouth and kiss me and everything else. <laughs> and a lot of girls kiss me. And as you know, in adult films, it's always the, you have to make the girl initiate because that was considered intimate kissing. But she thought I was so cute because she kept saying, you're very, very cerebral and stuff. And I was bringing all my stuff up from South Philly, you know? You are cute. Um, okay, you. did your parents, did you ever tell your parents uh, your involvement or did they find out? The weirdest thing was my mother, my father died right when I broke in, so he didn't find out. My mother never did, but the rest of the family found out shortly afterward. And How did they find out? I don't know. They all know. But when I asked them, my cousins and stuff to say, uh, oh, I don't know. I just found out they don't want to talk to me about it. And I have like my I'm very close to my dad's family. I don't my mother's family. I don't talk to all. And they're a very good family, but they just are not the same to me as before that. Now, I have one cousin I'm very close with, a really great guy. And he's a great one. He knows who he is. But the rest of the family, if I see him at weddings and stuff, it's hello. How you doing? It's hi. And, you know, they, I'm just kind of like, you know, I come from a family of lawyers and doctors and businessmen, and they're very, very, and they look upon me like, it's hard to explain, Carl. I, I can't explain it, but I can feel it. I'm just looking yep. upon them. Yep. You, know, you know what I'm talking about? And that's why we're doing what I'm doing, sweetheart, is because, you know, and we're going to go into that story that you told me on the phone the other day that we talked about. But, um, I, you know, I'm sick and tired of people judging people for, you know, parents, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, grandparents, children, judging someone in their family for either making the choice to be in the adult industry, whether it is camera crew or acting or, you know, um, or somebody that wasn't. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about like how you got into the industry and, you know, which we already know. And then what what you felt from people around you, the judgment, okay. stuff like that. The judgment. I had this one guy that I was in his wedding party. He got married, and I was blind, hooked up with. I was one of the one of the with his sister who I had a crush on, and was she this, would give me the right time of day. Wait, wait for the wedding party when you were in his wedding. You were in the wedding before. Oh yeah. Okay, this is the story you told me. So share this with everybody. So you're in your yeah, friend's so wedding. I'm in the wedding party with this guy, one of the, and I'm hooked up with his sister. She never gave the right time of day. I had a crush on her. Anyway, fast forward years later, when he found that I was in the industry, he wouldn't talk to me. And he was a realtor and stuff. And I gave him a couple of houses to sell. And he just, him and his wife wouldn't talk to me. I'm not allowed in his house. 
But then when I went to a viewing about three, four years ago when his mother died, his sister, who didn't give me the right time of day at the time, she knows she made a big fuss over me. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. And then which is the story that you told me you were, you were, um, you know, because you said he was a realtor and then um, you were selling and the wife wouldn't even come out of the house to get the papers. Yes. She stuck I had her some hand. Real estate, I had some real estate papers for this because I was giving him my house and my uncle. So my, he, needed, he needed something signed. So he was out of the house. He was in there. He lived a few blocks away. And I knocked and I had a really nice house. And the wife like opened the door and put her arm out. And wouldn't and, even come out. Yes. And I still have the week. I says, you know, whatever. I says, you know, you have a little, it's so disrespectful. You know, he says, you know, Rich, Rich, Eric, Rich, I have a 14 year old daughter at home. Like immediately assuming like that I'm some kind of predator or something like that. I mean, a hell of a comment to make. Wow. And that thing. I was going to say, did he say, like, did he, did he, when he said that, I have a 14 year old daughter at home, um, without saying it, he was insinuating that you being involved in the adult industry wasn't good to have you around her? Yes, yes, whatever. I don't know. I mean, like, like you're a predator, some kind of you're sexually aggressive. I don't even know, Carl, and it's so crazy, you know? And then, like, then about years later, he saw me once on the street and he said, you know, we went to, there was a 25th college reunion. Okay. When I'm in my scenes, I always wear my college ring, my St. Joseph's ring, you know? Oh, look at you. Okay. Yeah, so anyway, he saw me in the scene. He goes, you know, Rich, you embarrassed my wife. I wasn't, at the, I wasn't even at the reunion. I said, I embarrassed your wife. He goes, yeah, a couple, because they all found out about it. I was word of mouth, you know, that Richie, Eric. Was Richie in was involved. Yeah, was involved yeah, in the adult he, industry. He says, he says to me, they came up to our table and says, you know, that guy that was in your red wedding party, he's in adult films. I embarrassed. Now, how did I embarrass his wife? I wasn't there. <laughs> it's so crazy. That's bullshit. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you embarrassed his wife. You probably would embarrass her because if you went to have sex with her, she couldn't keep up with you. I've lost you, by the way. But I was in a little talking tangent anyways. Are you there? Nope. Still lost you. I'm going to have to just bring him close to me so we could do an in-person interview. Okay, there you are. Um, I was saying that um, she, so she embarrassed her and then you started to say something. Yeah, then I was going to say, then other little things, like when I would go to the diner, I used to go, when I was raised, like I used to go to this one diner in South Philadelphia, you could always tell, the girls react differently than the guys. A lot of guys become very upset with you or angry at you, almost out of jealousy, it's misdirected anger. But I remember I'd be at the diner and I'd see three or four young ladies at the menus and they'd be looking like this. And it was so obvious, they'd be peeking out of the menus. You know? <laughs> you know, so funny. And then when I was in New Wave, then when I was in New Wave Hookers Five, and this was in 1999 when I was in that scene, I got back to Philly. There was about five college girls in a car, and they were going, "Woo, Eric, hello there!" And they would duck down, you know. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's funny." Well, that means that they were watching porn too. Yeah, I know. Um, would you say, as we talked about, um, you know, your mom didn't give you a lot of attention and then growing up in school, you know, women just wanted to be your friends. Now you get involved in the adult industry. Now you're shooting. Now, was it easier to date or was it harder to, or was it easier to date or just easier to get laid? Like, in other words, people always ask me, can you date Corlin or is it easy for you just to get laid? Makes sense? It's a funny thing, Corlin. I remember Ronnie kept saying, oh, the girls are going to be, I didn't really find it that much easier because the, the, especially the South Philly girls, these the Italian-American girls, they were very, very, I mean, do you know much about the Italian-American girls? <laughs> no, I'm a Jewish South African, so the opposite yeah, direction, yeah, yeah, but yeah, Italian-American, yeah. very powerful, yeah. strong. 
Yeah, and they could be very, very, like, they're very traditional and stuff like that. They just didn't want to, you know, it was not that I had my one doctor tell me, Rich, you'd be better off if you lived in, like, Soho or L.A. or New York with the girls rather than these Italian-American girls. That's true. That's true, though. And I had this crazy thing. But the idea about the crazy thing, I was working before I went out to L.A. one time and I was working at a hospital mailroom. No, tell us. The hospital administrator was this big, heavy guy, and he used to like to kind of harass the women with all kinds. Of, this is back in the late 80s. He okay. found out it was an adult film. He found out. He goes out and buys the video, the, the, the candy stripe video. You comes did back tell to, me this. Wait, keep, go slower for them for this, because you did yeah. tell me this, and this pissed me yeah. off. Okay, so I'm you're working, working at a in the hospital. I'm just going to make some money before going out to the West Coast. That's all. It's going to be a temporary job. And he finds out about it. Goes, he figures this is a great way, an excuse of getting women to watch an adult film. So he, I didn't know about this. Well, when this all happened, I didn't know until after the fact. He tells all the women in his section, the building section, right? Today at noon, report to the conference room, the big table and the team. They had no idea. So all these women go in there with two of my buddies. And, and he goes, we have a star amongst us. And puts in the video of New Way Fookers. I'm sorry, of Candy Stripers. And they watch it. And I don't know about this for a week. And I, all I know is the women are acting strange. Until oh, one brave yeah. woman, I want to make this into a movie if anybody could. One brave woman calls me and she goes, Richard, do you know what's going on? I said, no. And she gives me a piece of paper in my hand with her phone number. She has an attorney friend. Okay. Lawsuit. I called up the attorney. He does the lawsuit. He sends letters to the place. He doesn't accuse the guy. He says, it's come to my attention that someone at your institution pandered an adult film. And then bottom line is we've got a nice little settlement before, you know. But I'm saying that's crazy, isn't it? I mean, yeah. So you guys, just to catch you up in case you didn't catch that, is that pretty much you're, he's what you're Eric's working a regular job, making some money before going back. And the man, the like the big guy, right? The administrator, administrator. The fight knows what you do, invites all the women to watch a video in the conference room at noon. They don't know what they're coming to see. You are not invited. You find out later on from one of the girls that works there that this was done to you and therefore you get an attorney and you win. Mm. Right. And where's the, the where's yeah. the fuckhead guy? I'd like to know where he is right now. Where is he, he at? He stayed, he stayed. He retired. He stayed with, you know, he didn't get fired or anything. He's still he uh, he's still he's around. Lady. Should we make him a visit? No, 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 please. <laughs> I'll be nice for a little bit and then not. But the um, girls, were, the girls were, were so they were so uncomfortable with me. That's the thing. I don't understand. I mean, they seemed so uncomfortable with me. Not in a bad way, but just uncomfortable. So no, this is interesting. The women, so the women were uncomfortable with you. Would you? This is something I wouldn't. I don't even know the answer to. What about women being uncomfortable around Ron Jeremy, um, Peter North, uh, you know, uh, Rick, Rick Savage, Herschel Savage, like Joey Severus, man. What? Yeah. Or Joey Severus. He was a good friend. Yeah. Of so, so, would did could they date? I, I, I think a lot of it was very important. I think a lot of it has to do where I was, you know, in the geography. I mean that. I think the cultural thing. Is being, okay. So you, you know, think because kind of, you were a Philadelphia, South Philadelphia. Yeah, so had I been in L.A. or a more like cosmopolitan city in New York, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's very provincial here. And, you know, the girls are kind of like they want to meet a guy and get married. They weren't as, as like sexually open. I, that's my perspective. That's just my perspective. I what's, think it's your, what's your what's your um, horoscope sign? Aries, April 4th. April 4th. Okay, you're so cute. I'm coming to South Philadelphia. Do you have a spare bedroom for me to come visit? We can, we can share my bedroom. Oh. Ooh. You guys are so jealous right now. <laughs> I got Here's somebody. That. I won't say who because it's a secret. But uh, someone 
someone made a comeback scene with me at Exotica last week. Okay, all right, we'll keep that a secret. Secret, like, secret, secret. We're gonna be, we're gonna be trying to, we're gonna release it in a little bit. If you don't mind, you want to make a comeback scene with me? I'm done. Oh my gosh, this is gonna be fun. Okay, what's I'd the accommodate you? Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. We're in July, right? Okay, I need to come before it starts snowing out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy. Okay, my darling. Now my question is, um, you're in the industry about 15, 16 years, we said, and then something makes you say you're done. And then what did you do after that? No, actually, it just, I couldn't get anywhere. The, the, the industry changed, became different. You know, and I, I was getting older and then at work. And I, um, I was working for a, um, I, I took up classes in screenwriting. I was working online with an internet, with a company, people, guys that were writers. I used to critique screenplays, you know, like screenwriting class. Okay. Which, so I used to get paid like, you know, on a per client, you know, by critiquing a script. It was kind of like just here and there. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you were doing that and then um, just kind of just decided you're done with the industry. How old were you when you left the industry? Oh God, I was, um, uh, it was 40, let me see, 46, 50, 52 or something, 53. Okay, so I got, I got, I got, I got about nine, ten more years on me, and then I'm done, right? <laughs> oh my god. Um. Okay, so left the industry, and then you were doing the screenwriting and stuff, right? At like four, yeah. you said fifty something. Um. Never got married, never kids, and no. then you went back to live in Philadelphia, which is where you are now, right? Yeah, because it's my home, and you know, and LA's so expensive and stuff like that, and I have, I feel comfortable here. But like I said, I still. Every, Carlin, I'm not exaggerating when I say that all the time, it's, it's always in the back of your mind, you know, you don't want certain people to find out or the people that do and they treat you a certain way. Like there are some neighbors in the area that one guy used to, when I first moved back to this area where I'm at in Philadelphia, I said, come over and watch the Phillies game with me. They just don't want to have anything to do with you, certain people. It's, it's the way it is. It shouldn't be. I know but that's the way it is. And you know? even today, how old are you, if you don't mind sharing? I'm in my early 70s. That's so you're you're amazing. You're in your early seventies, and even today, people around you still show judgment because sure. they know what you did back when you were. That, yeah, just including that real estate guy I was telling you about. He's very and my my doctor was a good friend of mine. Went to college. He says they're just jealous. It's mis it's misdirected anger. Jealous. Yeah, yeah. But anything, you know, you're you're exactly why I have people like on my show as a guest, because you're showing that you came from a good home. You're showing that you were college educated, no drugs, no smoking, no drinking. Okay, you got in, you made your money, you did what you wanted to do. You worked, you got out your home, you're in your early 70s and people are still fucking judging you because you chose to have sex on camera for a living. You didn't hurt anybody. (laughs) Bullshit. Bullshit. Makes me so angry. Makes me so angry. You don't even know. I get so pissed. So, you know, I got a message. Actually, I think it was, I don't know, like two, three days ago. Somebody wrote me an email. And you know how this goes, you guys. It's like these scammers, you know. We found out that you, you know, watch, you know, watch watching porn on the Internet. And we're going to contact all your contacts. We've got a copy of them unless you pay us $5,000, like one of those. Okay. Um, But this one was a little bit different. And I just ignore them, you know. This one was like, wow, you must have something. Um, God, I wish I could read it to you because you guys would find this interesting. You must have something um, wrong psychologically with you. Um, all that masturbation you do on the Internet. We got the videos and we got all your contacts on Facebook and we're going to notify them And unless you pay us this. Well, you know what, Eric? You want to know what's so cool? I can be like, fuck you. 
notify everybody because I wrote a book and I do a podcast and I'm doing a documentary and I don't give a shit. It's such a refreshing, like refreshing feeling to be like. That's the way I feel. I don't care. I don't. I don't seek others' approval. I don't exactly. Exactly. They, when they look at me having sex, will great eat your heart out. You know. Oh, I'm gonna go watch. I'm gonna go watch you having sex. Is what do well, I have to do right now? Look up my links. So if I want to email, you're gonna send me these links. The one, yeah, uh, the one with with Peter North, the three couples. And yes, please. Like yes, please. Yes, please, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm so bad. Okay. Um, let's see here. So one of the questions that I always like ask is kind of advice, and you're a good person to give this kind of advice because you really did come in your career was that because you were in for you know age 30 to 50 something like that right and then you get out and you stayed away what advice do you have for either someone who's considering getting involved in the adult industry because it's very different now or someone's someone a family member that i have that's listening and going i think my daughter's doing this i think my sister is involved in this what advice do you have it's interesting segue i think it's a lot different i I would be very very I would tell women, especially to be very, it's a lot tougher for girls, you know, there's still that double standard. A guy's a stud, you know, he's, a, and the woman is the hoary, you know, slut. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. that's, for a woman, they really should think it over and realize there's certain implications post, you know, whatever, post people finding out, and, you know, I mean, men, it's different. I used to have ex-students come up to me and say, hey, Mr. S, could, could I, could you give me an application form? Like it was a government uh-huh. job. <laughs> was so the point I'm making is for girls, I would really think, I mean, think it over sincerely because there's a lot of family, you know, I know, you know, a couple of girls that there's a lot of family, you know, feedback and impact and stuff. Yes. You know yes. that for a woman. It's tougher. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm still going through it today. I mean, you know, I've, I've talked about this and, you know, a lot of times when our like right now it's July, but our episode with you is probably going to release, I think, um, September because I've got a lot of them. Um, I put okay. my... What do you call it? I put my podcast in the bank, so I got them done. But um, but um, even as today, July, you know, my father read my. He knows I was in the industry, okay, and oh. I still am. And he knows that I run a swingers club, and he knows that I worked in the brothel. And he knows I wrote a book, but he read my book, and he says I can't speak with you until I meet with my therapist on Friday. And I'm like, I'm sorry, my book is dedicated to you. And um, it's a number one international bestseller, but you can't speak with me till Friday because you need to speak with your therapist. Okay. Well, that was back in May, May, June, July. So um, he doesn't want to talk to me because I wrote a book about my life and my experiences and my stories to help people understand the background of the adult industry and stop the judgment. And my own father won't talk to me. So, you know, your advice to people, you know, your advice to women, like you said, you see the families, right? Yeah, that's the only thing I can say is just, you know, think it over and realize that there's going to be certain, you know, down the line implications and repercussions and things of that nature. So for a guy, it's difficult. Do you think that um, our country, because I mean, Europe is more open. Do you think think we're ever gonna, there's just going to be judgment forever, right? I mean, it's it's like, no matter what. It's a very puritanical society still. It still is, even though it says it's not. when it comes to sex, you know, like when I was in Europe, it was a lot more open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I lived in uh, Germany when I was 19 and I lived in Sweden. And when I lived in Germany, um, we went to one of those, like, you know, we, we call it and we call mm-hmm. it like a, a bathhouse, you know, yeah. that they could, but it was just, um, you know, hot mineral pools and spas and, yeah, yeah, I mean, but it was men and women together 
and naked. And I was in shock because I was like, huh? Like, what? We have to be naked? You know, and but it's a, you know, I think it takes away that, you know, the whole judgment of the stigma. Yeah. Oh, my God. Don't get me started. I'm going to come to Philadelphia. We'll have to start. You know, we're going to. Oh, my God. I'm going to get naughty, Eric. We're, I'm going to come to Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm coming to Philadelphia. I'm jumping in bed with you. Then we'll go to dinner. Then we'll come back and have desserts. <laughs> oh, you're so adorable. But like I said, the thing is, is that I, I could never have believed before I went into all the implications it would have that we've done. And a lot of it was word of mouth, Carl, and, you know, word of mouth. Necessarily people didn't see me, but then they found out about it. And then they might have rented or, you know, you know, my school teacher and stuff like that. And I know a lot of my students saw it. I, I was told, you know. Well, so I have, um, I'm working on a documentary for my book and I'll share this one story with you quickly and my listeners. I lived in Sweden and my ice, I, I, caught, I taught ice skating and one of my students, I started coaching her when she was 10 years old. Okay. She is now 30 years old. She is living here in LA going to film school. And I just cast her to be in my documentary to play me in my life growing up, <laughs> which means that my ice skating student who's 30 now who I started coaching at 10, had no idea that I was in the adult industry and came back from Sweden and started selling panties and webcamming and custom videos, right? And now I approach her and ask her if she'll be in the movie, okay, to play me, which means now she knows my entire life. And when you say your students found you, I'm going to tell how, how refreshing it is that, you know, I can say like, she can, we can just laugh about it now, you know? Well, how would you feel? I was curious if you found that your your ninth grade social studies teacher was in the whole film. I mean, I'm just curious as a woman. <laughs> I don't think. Well, first of all, I really don't think. I mean, I, I wouldn't judge at all. But I'm a very different then, person, you know. But, but you know what's interesting? When I think back to all my years in school, you know, this is crazy. Elementary school all the way through. I have a college degree as well. I cannot, for the life of me, remember any teacher's name or what they look like, except for. I hope I can say this online. Okay, I won't say her first name. So it was something you did. Okay, I know her first name, you guys. But she was my bat mitzvah teacher. She's the only teacher's name that I remember. She prepared me for my bat mitzvah when I was 12 years old. Not crazy? Interesting. <laughs> but I would never, uh, I wouldn't judge. But you see, that's me. I mean, what about, okay, well, you know, you could say it like this. You could say ice skating coaches, you know. That's where my world was. So if I found out that one of my skating coaches was, you know, involved in porn, yeah, you see, I wouldn't judge, but you see, I'm different. But I'm trying to get the rest of my listeners to stop fucking judging too. And dad, dad, if you're listening. That sounds like a, yeah, an issue. You know? Yeah, well. To answer one of your questions from earlier, I think had I started earlier in the business, I might have had more interaction with women, you know, more often, you know, maybe. But I, since it was later on, I was older. You know, but there's pluses and minuses. I think um, sometimes people get involved in our industry back in back, you know, when you started or even today. And if you're in this too young and you don't have a good head on your shoulders, that's, I think, what takes you down the path of the drugs and the addictions yeah. and the depression and stuff like that. Whereas you got in at 30. I got in at 35. So I got in older, too. And I think that that might have been a good thing because it was um, I had a level head. I was already married, divorced, college degree. Right. And so you have, you have, so if you get in this industry, you know, my advice always to people, you, you know, is uh, be smart about it, be smart about it, know what you're doing, make the right choices. And um, 
own you because you need to know that people are going to find out. You can't keep this a secret, you guys. You can, especially with the internet. Oh my God, yeah. Right? I mean, you at your time, okay, so you guys would film and it would be on a DVD, right? Or something like that. Yeah, the VHS in the, back, in the back room. Yeah. Video you see? Video. Now, with the internet and everything, forget it. Now, I'm all over it's the out there. Peter can see the, these kids can see the social studies teacher <laughs> in all his glory. <laughs> I'm going to go. Oh my God. You all oh, making me get naughty. I just came up with my, our, our, we're going to do a comeback scene. I'm going to be my student that finds the social studies teacher. <laughs> and I end up like begging you to have sex with me. Will you do it? <laughs> oh my god oh i'm so i know that's what people say they say i'm a little spitfire but i am you knew that when you saw me on the zoom hey, you, yeah, my, you have my contact info so you, you're always more than welcome to contact me do you guys hear that you guys hear that i've got his contact info so i will be playing the student who finds her social studies teacher <laughs> do, do many women watch your podcast i don't know <laughs> I do have a lot of women listen to my podcast, actually. I do, because um, because um, it's anything adult industry related. So it's a lot of the swinger lifestyle and stuff like that. So, oh, Eric, I could tell you, I could come to Philadelphia and we could be all the students that have grown up from social studies. You could have three, four hot girls just jumping into your bed. Are you ready? <laughs> He's going, hmm, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> is there anything else that you want to share with us that I missed today? No, that's about it. I was like, I was going to say, it was, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Oh gosh, um, you as well. The listeners, I mean, she's a lovely young lady, and uh, you're, I, I enjoyed being uh, interviewed by someone so articulate and intelligent as yourself and beautiful. Thank you. you Thank have a very nice package together. And um, <laughs> you know, if you want to see my films, Eric Monty, and uh, you know, that was it. I mean, <laughs> I want to send Carl and Nicole my 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 link so she can watch me there. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna say I got so I you want to know where I go now? So from here I go for a mammogram, not very sexy. After that, I'm coming home and I'm watching your movies and I'm shutting my bedroom door. I'm busy for the afternoon. Last week or two weeks ago when you first met me and you were the other young lady there and you kept saying who's that cute guy and I'm and I'm so insecure still looking around I felt like saying, Am I on candid camera or something? <laughs> It's true. It's true. We were in that Zoom and I was just like, who is the little hottie in the top right? Who is he? <laughs> Honey, it was nothing but an absolute pleasure having you as a guest. And I thank you for taking your time out to speak with me and share your story. Thank um, you so much. I look thank really you. forward to meeting you in person and uh, get, get the bed ready and pick a place for dinner because I'm coming soon. <laughs> thank you so much. You are welcome, my darling. And you guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Hanky Panky Podcast. And again, shout out to Skyhawk After Dark. I know that you guys can go on that website, skyhawkafterdarktv.com, I think. Um, he'll kill me if I get that wrong. But uh, on there, you guys can listen to past episodes on our podcast. You can let Hanky Panky Podcast, Apple, iTunes, YouTube, and please add subscribe follow rate comment really appreciate it thank you again for listening and eric thank you again so much for being on the show my darling you were an absolute pleasure thank you thanks for listening to the hanky panky podcast with your host Coralyn jewel if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review 
Be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous podcasts. Check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Hanky Panky Podcast. Join us next time for another edition of the Hanky Panky Podcast. And remember, always be true to yourself. <laughs> <laughs>